Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! The Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with Tom, the true. <laughs> You're laughing already. Uh, <clears throat> Danny, the, no, Dan, uh, well, the he, rich man, he's gone. Yeah, he's not here today. No, he's uh, up by his land. He's No, he's uh, out oh, no, in Waukesha County early, somewhere. Early goose. Early goose. Yeah. And he's John, just hanging around. And, right. and Greg's on the board this week. Well, actually, this month. Um, you know, you don't say, uh, you know, when you say all aboard, uh, you're on the crazy train Yeah, with do- the CEO. Yeah, You don't do that anymore. You forgot. No. <laughs> I know, and I got to get that back in there because I'm trying to get a hold of Ozzy. Yeah. You know, we had the neatest T-shirts uh you know, we had them for a while. Those got to be collector's items. It had on the front, <laughs> a like a a train with you and me and Danny on it, and Ozzy coming out of the smokestack. I still have mine. You know, my long sleeve got... one. Yeah, but I think those were like uh, those are got to be like collector's items right now. You know what we got to get now, John? We got... <laughs> you might not agree with this. We got to get a bobbleheads, but it'd be like on a little train. And with our three heads coming out of the train, little bobbleheads coming out of the train, out of the engine. No, it should be as you two don't have bobbleheads. I have the bobblehead. Yeah. Oh, so I I'm see. I'm always bobbling Okay, around. so you would be the bobblehead and me and Bushy would be fixed. But see, that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah, nobody why, would get it. Why don't you work on that this week? Why don't you? Why, that's your job. Oh, by the way, I called uh, Dave Olson. Dave Olson from 360 Photography. The guy does awesome work, folks, by the way. He's out in Pewaukee. Uh, Dave Olson of 360 fo- uh, Photography. He, uh, I called him because he does our business cards. And I called him because, you know, I've been reminding Bushy for the last, what, six weeks now? To walk across oh, the yeah. street. Just to walk across the street and tell Dave we need, because the phone number on those old business cards was I wrong read. for the musky bait and tackle shop. Well, anyway, Dave's taking care of it. He'll send me a, um, a proof to, to check out, you know, to make sure everything's okay. So, 
Hopefully that'll be done this week. You know, yeah, and but, I know how everybody will prove yeah. it. Hey, did they'll you, grab it, they'll look at it, throw it, and say it's okay. Well, I think you proofed the last one, and you didn't even know your own phone number. <laughs> well, I don't even—I don't even know if I saw those. <laughs> Greg, did I ever? Did I tell you about that? I have not heard that you story. Know, well, you know, we've we got these cutting edge Midwestern Shooter Supplies cutting edge I outdoors don't think business the, cards, and it's got the stations numbers on it, and it's got our names on it, and on the back of the card it says. To call the Smokey's Musk, well, at the time, Smokey's Musky Shop. Now it's Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle. And it had a phone number. And it and it, and it it had the wrong, it was, instead of being uh, 691-9659, it had 9569. Somebody switched the numbers around. And we had those cars for about a year and a half. Nobody, without, noting, without even noticing? Nobody ever noticed it until one day. That's how important business cards are for you. <laughs> Until one day, a guy comes up to me and he says, you know, I tried calling the Muskie shop, but it's the wrong number. And I said, no, it's not. You know, he's showing me the business card. And he says, and I said, no, it's not. The number's right on the back. He says, that's the number I called. And he showed it to me. I said, oh, that's the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays with the computers, oh. all you got to do is look it up. Just Google it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can you can Google you can find it. But, a phone number anywhere. But you know, believe it or not, there are people out there who don't have a computer or a smartphone. Yeah, and there are some people, and I I can't tell you the last time I looked in a yellow pages or a phone book. I can't tell you the last time I ever looked in one of those. I don't know why did he. I mean, well, I can see why they still publish them, but I don't know. Well, landlines are going by the wayside now. They are. I like my landline though. I, I do because I'll, I'll when I get home, you know, usually around four o'clock in the afternoon, four or five o'clock, I turn my cell phone off. I don't want to hear it ring <laughs> again, you know. So um, anyway, I guess my my landline though gets blown up by all these political calls and you know people wanting money for this or that or whatever. People wanting you to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, solicitors. I, yeah, one one of these days, I get rid of it. One of these days. We'll see. Oh, okay. Now, get let's get on some topics. What do you want to talk about first? Fish. Okay, fish. Big fish and little fish. All right. I felt really bad this week because I had to keep a 19-inch smallmouth bass. And I don't Ooh. keep, and, and there's one lake I go to, I don't. Keep smallmouth bass out of that lake. I might keep a largemouth or two every now and then just to eat, but I don't keep smallies out of that lake. And uh, this is what happened. Now, just imagine casting out to the side of your boat, okay? I make a long cast with a chompers uh, a salty sinker with rigged wacky style, okay? I make a long cast out, and then I realize there's a loop in my line on my spinning reel. So, you know, guys, they sit there and they got the bale open and you're pulling line out, right? So I'm pulling line out going, you know, okay, you know, and it's taken me a little while, a few minutes. I finally get the line out. And now I got the line between my forefinger and thumb and I'm reeling it back in. And then when I get the line so that it's all reeled back in, I'm reeling up so I can start doing my little twitches on the wacky worm, right? Well, I'm reeling in the line, but the line's not going out to where... I cast it out the side of the boat, 
it's like I start reeling in faster, and the line's way to the front of the boat. What the heck? And I reel, I just start reeling faster. Next thing you know, my rod's bent over. I got a fish on. It flies out of the water. Get it in the net. Get it in the boat. It's bleeding from somewhere, but it's coming out its gills. Okay? It's just, I mean, it's bleeding bad. You can't even see the worm or the hook. It's so far down in its gullet. I mean, you can't even see it anymore. It's gone. It's way down there, and and this poor fish is bleeding, you know. So I'm not going to throw it back just to become turtle and, you know, crayfish food. Yeah. So I had to keep it. Yeah, and and, in five minutes in the live well, five well, ten minutes in the live well, it's it's on its side already, you know. So I kind of felt bad about keeping it, you know. But it tasted fine. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was a nice smallie. Uh, didn't catch a, a lot of smallies that day. That's a great smallie. Oh, yeah, it's a nice. Yeah, it was about a four-pounder, you know. I mean, I mean, I caught a couple of those this week, those 19, 20-inchers, you know. But uh, um, that one, it, it you know, it just surprised me that, you know, you cast out, and as that wacky worm is sinking, it's not doing anything. There's no movement, no action, no nothing. It's just falling straight down. And that fish picked it up. <laughs> and Why? Just, and just started swimming away with it, you know, as it swallowed it, you know. And, uh, yeah, so. But, uh, you know, I, and it doesn't matter what kind of wacky style worm you use. You know, I, 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 I use chompers, and I use a few Senkos, and then Yum has got a bunch, uh, Zoom. There's a whole bunch of brands of them. Uh, Kalen's has got one. And they call it the Wacko. I mean, there's a whole bunch of companies that have it. Oh, go ahead. Regular plastic worm. Yeah, it's just a plastic worm that looks like your ballpoint pen. You know? Yeah, but I, I mean, if you don't, if it doesn't say that it's a wacko style rig, you can use oh, any. Oh, yeah. Yeah, any. you can. Well, one thing I've noticed is what with the worms that you rig wacky style, they are a little bit stiffer. They're not as limp and loose as like a regular plastic worm. Because some of the plastic worms that you're using weedless, or as we used to say, Texas style, you know, weedless, uh, they're they're a little limper, maybe, you know, so that they get that like snake-like movement or whatever. But uh, these are a little bit stiffer, a little bit thicker, you know. So, but anyway, uh, caught a number of nice largemouths this week. Uh, caught some real nice panfish. You know, it's funny though. You know, one of the lakes again that I went on, it it you you see the panfish in the deeper water on the locator, and they don't want to bite. But yet on another lake, you see the fish on the locator in the deeper water, and then they're they're more than happy to bite. <laughs> you know, so it, it's just kind of funny if I just hit them at the wrong time on one lake or whatever. Maybe I didn't have the right bait that, on or something. I don't know. That happened to me. And to think who I was with, we were just right right on the pier. That's all the further I've gone this year. But I don't know if it was no, it wasn't Paul. He didn't have the oh, and Paul Mahalik sent me so much food. Did he? Oh, geez. What fish? We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. Well, that's all filleted, all baked. Well, that's dessert, nice. Dessert. Oh, all, really? Yeah. Why didn't you invite me over? <laughs> <laughs> Between you and Waka, it would be gone in yeah. one sitting. Well, I could, I, I wouldn't eat the dessert, but I definitely would eat the fish. So yeah, I've had, you know, this past week we had a couple of fish fries. Oh, I did something different with fi- making my fish. Uh, 
Sometimes I just, you know, put it in the, uh, you know, the egg and milk wash and then with cracker meal. Very bait. Or sometimes I just lay them in. That's if I'm going to fry them. Otherwise, I just put them in the pan with melted butter and let them <clears> sit there for five, six minutes. They get cooked through, and it's very healthy for you that way, I guess. But th- And then sometimes we'll use this stuff called Legendary Northwoods coating. It's it's very good. And, well, with this, you're, this uh, says that you don't have to use the milk and the egg wash that it's already built into the it's already in the coating all right it's kind of like a flour type thing and it's already in there and it's got some spices in it and that i mean it's very very tasty but it's not overpowering you know like you know a short lunch can sometimes be a little overpowering uh this stuff isn't anyway but what i tried because i haven't had fried stuff in a while a couple months and uh i decided well i'm gonna fry some fish because my wife wanted some fried too well, I mixed the legendary Northwoods coating with cracker meal. I mixed the two together. So I got the crunchiness of the cracker meal, but the flavor of the legendary Northwoods. It, it worked out just fine. And I still dunked it in the egg and milk wash, you know. So, and it t- came out just fine. Just fine. I'm bigger than you. <laughs> Get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's coming up later, folks, after the 6.30 break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about something that's kind of interesting. Um, the Esterbrook Dam. I got some good information for you folks. Now, do any of you folks fish down on the Milwaukee River by the Esterbrook Dam, especially in the fall for the salmon? You're your your survey is of two people. No, I'm talking to the folks who are listening, John. <laughs> not you two guys. How do we know? Are not you, you are, not, are they raising their not, hand? Can not. we see? Hey, we also have email. Oh, here. Should I tell you this email real quick before we go to break? Can I do this, Greg? Yeah, you have yeah. to. All right, here. We got this email from Bob. And it must have come during the week, you know. And it says, speaking of pigeons, remember last week we were yes. talking about pigeons? And and I said some last week. I said something inappropriate. Bushy said something inappropriate. You, John, said so, all three of us said something that was inappropriate for the radio. So <laughs> I apologize to folks for that. But this guy, he says, speaking of pigeons, true story. That's what he says. Did you know Mike Tyson has been raising them his entire life as a hobby, starting on the roof where he lived as a boy. Rumor is his first fight happened when a young friend broke one of his bird's neck in front of him. And that was his first fight he ever had. That's from Bob on Stumpy Bay. <laughs> so, okay, Bob. Broke, broke whose neck? Tyson's no, neck? No, no, one of his pigeons. Oh, one of his pigeons. It'd be kind of difficult for old Mike to. Yeah, it'd be difficult to break his neck. Anyway, we'll be right back. Folks, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Esterbrook Park, and if you fish it, you're going to want to be interested in this. And we'll see what you have to say. 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. If you want to have any comments or have questions, uh, that's fine. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies, Midwest Outdoor, uh, <laughs> cutting, cutting, edge. cutting Edge Outdoors with John and Tom. We'll be right back with more. <laughs>
You know, <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> welcome <laughs> back to the bait, <laughs> bait, fish attracting studios. You know, you, you know, you know, Greg. John picks on me more when Bushy's not here than when Bushy's no, here. No, I hit you yeah. pretty good last week. Well, you did, but it just seems like you pick on me more. Anyway, we have uh, Dave on the line, and uh, good morning, Dave. How you doing this morning? Hello, Dave. Oh, there we go. Now we got you, Dave. How you doing this can morning? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Now. Hey, how did Hi. that? Did Did you go on that uh, Lake Michigan trip last week? Yes, I did. And then I, I, I was uh, I was late. I was coming over. What, what I wanted to explain was Discovery World. There's a big basin there, and then it goes uh, the footbridge behind the Silverfish grounds. Yeah. Okay, and then they uh, there's a bunch of slipsters, and that's where they dock. And it's it's called uh, fishing beyond boundaries. It's for handicapped, right. and disabled people. Right, right. Yeah, and I was coming over the bridge, and it, the last boat was leaving. Oh man, <laughs> that's what I thought. I feel bad for you. <laughs> well, no, it, it, it's okay because we had food, and um, there's a bunch of us. We stood around a little cooler and drank some beers. It was. Well, that's not too bad then. It, it no. worked out. Yeah, I was a little sure what you asked. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you thought I was talking about I, something else. I thought. Yeah. You know, it, I was just telling the. I was telling Greg during the break because Greg, our producer, wasn't here last week, and I was telling him how I thought it was a prank call at first. See, I was thinking of Disney World with the alligators and that and and i i i just you know i i was just having a brain fart dave you know that, that's all it was <laughs> hey that happens i've had you know and i'd like to give a shout out to uh little nemo and uh captain brian and his uh first mate ryan all right really good people all right and yeah and i just thought i'd clear this up with you because i i figured you, you you're cool and we talk yep yep well, right. I'm I'm semi cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Dave. Okay, bye now. All right, um, for those of you who fish at Esterbrook Park, you might know this. You might not know this, John. I don't know if you know this. If Milwaukee County repairs the ailing Esterbrook Dam on the Milwaukee River, it will cost county taxpayers an estimated. $4.1 million to repair it, compared to $1.7 million to remove it. That's according to Milwaukee County Executive Chris Abley. Now, do you know when the Esterbrook Dam was originally built? I don't know, but Not, I think we oh, that off with yeah. Chris Abley's parking. <laughs> yeah, 1937. 1937. Now, one of the reasons why they built it was for, like, flood control. Well, they haven't really needed it because even if they, in times of, let's say, heavy rains and that, even if they opened up, it, it, it'll still, let's put it this way, flow over the dam in times of heavy rain. Even if you got all the gates open, it still flows over it, okay? So m almost everybody wants the dam removed. All the biologists, you know, the fisheries biologists and all that, the engineers, they all say, yes, let's get rid of this dam. More fish can go upstream, blah, 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 blah. Okay, most people want to get rid of it. It's not needed. But the residents who live above the Milwaukee River Dam, north of it, uh, they want it to stay. 
because they think that if you remove the dam, it'll decrease their property value. So it's another one of these instances of people thinking of me, 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 instead of what's good for, let's say, the whole community. Now, how do I stand on it? I, I don't know that much about it. So I don't know. Is it better to repair it or, or, or remove it? I don't know. But one thing I do know, $4 million to repair it or $1.7 million to get rid of it? I don't think it would cost that much. You can get you get uh, twenty guys out there; they'll start ripping that thing apart. A few, yes. a few cats, a few loaders, you know, whatever that rip it apart. I, a I couple don't, of barrels of paps. Yeah, I thought, well, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, take the money out of the trolley fund. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, screw, yeah. screw that trolley, you know. And uh, let's, you know, I mean, so really, in in essence, I guess I'm kind of for removing it. You know, just, you know, it's not needed. Get rid of it. Um, so, you know, just get rid of it. Big well, deal. there's a couple stories going around about it. There was <clears throat> one that I heard. It was for uh, spawning. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. You, I, anybody could tell me that that's there yeah, for spawning, see, and I'd believe it. I, I mean, years ago, there were, I, I fished down at the Estabrook Dam a couple of times years ago. You know, I've been down there. It and, holds fish, so yeah, it's... there's fish there. You know, a lot of and a lot of people do, especially coming up now in October. You know, there's going to be a lot of people down there fishing in 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 October and November. It all depends on how much rain we get, but so you know, seven nine nine twelve fifty. That's four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Do you have any thoughts on this, folks? You know, do you, what do you think? Do you think the county should spend four million dollars to repair it or two million dollars to get rid of it? I don't I mean, it's know. common sense. Do you think so? If the Greg? dam if the dam holds no use, yeah, why keep it? it? Well, that's that's just it. Yeah, that's just it. Why keep it if it has no use? Now, but like common I, sense doesn't prevail with politicians. Well, of course not. But you know, so the thing is, though, is that I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fisheries biologist for the Milwaukee River and Lake Michigan fish and all that stuff, and they would know about whether or not this is a good spawning area below the dam or whatever. And I guess a lot of fish can't get up the dam, you know. Uh, I I don't know if they got fish weirs there or not, you know, or fish ladders. Yeah, they fish there? ladders. I don't. I, I don't know. I that's just it. I don't know, but maybe somebody who's listening does know, and and maybe you know one of our audience uh, listeners, one of our people, one of the people in the audience might have a thought on this. So I just thought I'd bring it up. You know, I just I just thought it was an interesting article that yesterday. Uh, I mean, and that dam has been there for a long time, and uh, I guess. People just say it's not really neat. You know, years ago they did it because of flooding, okay? Yeah. Well, it seems like when, when you do get heavy rains, it just washes over the top of it anyway, even with the gates open. <laughs> you know, right. so what's, this, what's the difference, you know? What's the difference? And I guess the plate, I guess the dam is in, it's, it's pretty bad right now. You know, it's starting to fall apart, so. Well, if it was made in 1987. 37. 37, 1837. 1937. 1937. No. 1937. Do you have something I can throw? I'm going to throw something at you. What is it? 1937. 1937. What is that, like 80-some years ago? You know? Yeah, almost 80, 79. Yeah, it's been around a long time, you know, so... You know, there's a lot of guys, you know, men and women who like to fish down there.
But would it really hamper the fishing? It, it I don't probably think so. Won't. No. And and from what I read in the article is that it would give the opportunity of more of those fish that come up the river, up to the Esterbrook Dam, that it gives them the opportunity to go even further. So that would I even was, give people more opportunities. I was I was told at one of the meetings that there are a significant amount of walleyes and they're not getting past yeah. that dam. Yeah, I guess the salmon can jump wherever they can get up further yes but uh not the walleyes in that no. and you know remember there was the big hubbub about the uh, north avenue dam yeah you know when they took that out yeah. people people didn't want the north avenue dam taken out they said oh our property values are going to go down if you take guess what their property property values went up oh we do have a caller somebody's got an opinion should we take this right away oh they they hung up oh well well we're going to the, we're going to go to a break then and if uh, during the show, if you got a comment about the Estabrook Dam, that's fine. But when we come back, we're going to do the gut report. And did you see the guy on YouTube who speared the bear with a spear? And he had a go. Uh, his wife was uh, uh, taping him behind him. He had a GoPro on his cap, and he had a GoPro camera on the spear. Yeah. And he speared a bear up in Canada. Canada, but now there's a big problem. I'll tell you all about that after the gut report, after this break. We'll be right back with more with John Lehman, Tommy the True Newbauer, Greg on the board here on the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellent. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The gut report is brought to you by V-Mar Cheesy Produce and Discount Liquor. Well, you know, if you're like me, folks... Not like John, but if you're like me, you got a bunch of extra zucchinis laying around. If you you know if you have your own garden, everybody plants zucchinis. It seems like, and you got these extra zucchinis. You're always wondering what can I do with now? What can I do with them now? Over the months, I've been telling you of some different recipes with zucchinis, but here's one. I I have this at least twice a week. I just I just like it. Now you know zucchinis really don't have a flavor of their own. They take on whatever stuff you put in it. Then they get that flavor from that. But anyway, what I like to do is I take a whole zucchini, I, I peel it, and then take the seeds out and dice it. Then I take an onion and dice that. Now, if you like, you can, I like putting in one jalapeno finely diced. Then, just before it's done, and if you want, by the way, you can put a little horseradish in there. But, um, but if just before it's done, you know, when it's softened up, take a dollop of sour cream, put that in there. Mix that all up, heat it through, and I'll tell you what, I, I find it's delicious. I mean, you can put in anything you want. And you know what else is good to throw in there with it? Fry up some pork sausage. You know, like that Jimmy Dean stuff or whatever? Fry up some pork sausage and throw that in there, too. Ooh, that's really good. But I'm telling you, you know, zucchinis, you can find a lot of uses for them. And as side dishes, you can make up all kinds of side dishes with zucchinis. So if you got them laying around, like I do... Start using them. <laughs> Is that fresh jalapenos? Of course, right off. Deseeded. The, oh yeah, take the seeds and the veins out. And no, I, I no, go, no, I go, no, no. Are they come? Do they come seed deseeded? No, no. You, you have to deseed them, John. Okay. And I just walk out to my backyard and grab one. And the jalapenos this year, the ones I'm growing, they're real big. They're big ones, you know. But anyway, and and if you let them ripen on the on the on the vine, they get a red. They get a. a 
a, it, it's the same spice, but they get uh, sweeter, like you know, it's very good. So, really? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. You let them get red on the vine if you want, and it, it's very interesting. Not only that, it makes the zucchini onion and onion more colorful because you got that red bits floating yeah. around in it, you know. So anyway. The Gut Report was brought to you by V. Marchese Produce. When quality counts, you can count on V. Marchese Produce. Insist on the best. You can visit them at vmarchese.com. And by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street and Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. So we just had a caller yeah. call in about the Esterbrook Dam, and he said if you take out the dam, you will have to worry about water levels and docking boats. Yeah, see, that's that was one of the concerns, too, that the residents above the dam, you know, were talking about. Now, according to... These uh, engineers, they say it shouldn't be that big of a problem. Like I said, I don't know. This person who called probably knows more about it than I do. I'm sure he does. Isn't the Esterbrook Dam only about three feet high? It's not very not very high. But I think what, what would happen is that you'd have maybe a faster flowing river, maybe, wouldn't you? If there was no dam holding some of the water back, holding some of that flow back. I don't know. Like I said... I'm not an engineer when it comes to dams and rivers and water movements. I don't know. But it just seems to me like the majority of people want the dam out, okay? That's what it just seems like to me, what I read in the article. I might be totally full of you-know-what, horse hockey, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. But thank you for your comment. Um, Okay, Alberta, Canada. The Alberta provincial government plans to to ban the practice of spearing wildlife after a video posted online showing an American killing a black bear with a spear. It it, it sparked outrage in some sectors. Of course it would, right? The video was posted in June on the YouTube account of Josh Bomar, who runs an Ohio-based fitness company and shows him killing the bear on a hunt in northern Alberta. By the time it was removed from the public view on August 15th, oh, I saw, I just saw it yesterday, the other day. Okay, the 13-minute the video shows uh, him launching a spear from 36 to 46 feet away from this bear. And when I watched the video, it showed the guy, okay, there was a bait pile, a, a, a 55-gallon drum, okay, and he was he was standing by a tree that was a little bit little ways away. And when the bear came up to it, there was actually a couple of bears, but one of them ran away and whatever. Whenever the bear got behind that that drum, he'd take a few steps forward, and the bear would be eating. And then he'd get behind a drum, he'd take a few more steps. He kept sneaking up on it, you know. And he's got this spear, and the spearhead, the sharp end was God it looked like it was like ten inches long, sharp on two sides, you know. And uh, he gets to within like about 30 feet and he lets it rip and he hits it in a good spot. And the bear, and he's all excited. And the bear takes who off. Who is the bear? Or no, the guy. The, guy who... the guy's all excited. And then, of course, the bear runs away. And then uh, they 
you know, wait a little while, they track him, and there it is dead. You know, it was it was a good, clean kill, you know. Well, now Alberta is going to ban the use of spears for wildlife because of this video. Before that, it was legal. The guy checked all the rules and regulations, said, and it, there was nothing that banned the use of a spear. I mean, he said everything was cool, and he used the spear on the bear. And, I mean, it's nothing different than any Native American would have done years ago, right? You know, that's what they did. So he just, you know, did it himself. And now, since it was on YouTube, and then, of course, animal rights activists thought that this was terrible. I mean, it's okay to shoot him with a gun. It's okay to shoot him with a bow and arrow. Which, which is, a worse, which is a worse kill than this. Takes longer by... With a bow, maybe. But it, it depends on where you hit it, I guess. But, you know, the guy the guy got it in there. He did it, you know, and he was quite excited. So why do they want to outlaw this? I, because a lot of people were upset about it. That's that's the only reason. You ever notice, Greg, how a few people can change laws in areas if they, if they start a big letter-writing campaign or phone call campaign or whatever? I mean, it was legal up until he came out with this video of him killing a bear with a spear. It was legal up until then. Well, it still is legal. They're working on changing the laws. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if folks, if you got any comments, you know, if you what if you think this is right or wrong, should they change the law? Should they not change the law? How do you feel about it? You can always call us at 414-799-1250. And when we come back, you know what happens when we come back now? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. And I'm going to ask you three questions. Danny's not here. I'm going to ask you, oh, people want to know where Danny is. He's out goose hunting, and he said he's going to call us from the field. So, And also my son Nick oh, from Arizona, yeah. he's going to call too on bow hunting tips, getting ready for the archery season. Bushy likes to get goosed. he's just got to find somebody to goose him (laughs) anyway uh we're going to come back with hornswoggle hornswoggle is nothing more than answering two out of three questions correctly and if you do you're going to win this really nice prize package from uh it's uh uh, bait mate fish attractants and uh coleman insect repellents they put together a nice prize package for you and it's questions on the out of doors in Wisconsin or whatever, but it's going to, well, it could be, if it's out of doors, it could be anywhere, but more questions about Wisconsin, whatever. But I'll ask you three questions, get two out of the three correct. You will be a winner. So right now you got to call at 414-799-1250. If you have won in the last six weeks, don't call because uh, Greg has got a list of the last six weeks winner, winners, except for Tex. Tex tries, but he doesn't win. So if Tex calls, we'll try to get him a winner. Anyway, here's the list, Greg, and we'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Call 799-1250 right now to be a contestant. We'll be- It is time for the Hornschwaggle. And who do we have on the line? We have Kurt from Sussex. Hey, good morning, Kurt. Good morning. You know how, how this... How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great. How about you? 
Okay. Hi, do you know you know how this works, right? Yep. All right. If I if I tell a true statement that's a non a no hornswoggle, if I'm lying to you, <laughs> then it's a hornswoggle. All right. For I'm, I'm going to make it easy on you. These are three fishing questions. All right. Okay. Bushy sometimes makes them hard, doesn't he? Well, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Largemouth bass. After a female and largemouth after a female bass spawns. The female leaves, and the largemouth, the male largemouth, stays and watches over the eggs and the little babies. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. Correct. Thank you. Yes, the female bass, she she takes off. <laughs> she takes off, and a poor guy's sitting there with the youngins. And you know what else happens with, right. with the largemouth bass? They also... The male, after the, the baby bass are about an inch long, and, you know, he's following them around in the school and protecting them and that, but before he leaves the school, he attacks them and tries to eat as many as he can. Really? Yep. And, oh. that, and that just teaches, I, that teaches those little bass, don't trust anything in the water. Oh, because I thought he protected them by they all swimming yes. in his mouth if another predator comes around. No, they know? they won't they won't swim in his mouth. There's some other there's some ocean fish that do that, but with the largemouth oh. bass, no, they don't go in his mouth. But but he protects the little school, you know. Yeah. But once it's time for him to leave and them to be on their own, he'll swim through and grab some, you know, eat a bunch, and then swim away. And that just teaches them, hey man, don't trust nobody. Anyway, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> This is uh, question number two, another largemouth bass question. Largemouth bass will spawn three times in a year. That's a hornswoggle. Yes, that is a hornswoggle. They only spawn once. Very good. You want to try a trifecta? Sure. All right. Muskie's teeth fall out every August. That's why they're so darn hard to catch in August. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? <laughs> That's a horn. Yeah, I know. That's a good excuse for the musky anglers who are not catching any. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt, you are a winner. If you stay on the line, we are going to get your name and address off the air. And uh, <laughs> the fine people at the Bait Mate and Coleman will send you out some really nice stuff. All right? Okay. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks for playing. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye now. Yeah. Okay. He. Got all of those right. That was good. See, I made those easy, John. Were those too easy? No. No? Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Just just asking, you know. That's the way I like to see it. Everybody wins. Yeah, I like to see people win, too. Um, There was something I was going to mention to you, but by golly, I can't remember it. Uh, oh, you know, there's, there, you know, when, when it comes to fishing lures, there's not a there's not a lot of new stuff out there. Like uh, Rapala is coming in. Yes, folks, it's pronounced Rapala. You can say Rapala. You can say Rapella. We don't care how you say it. We know what you're talking about. But the correct pronunciation is Rapala. Who you know, cares? You, you, well, here, I'll tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give away some mini mites right now. All right? I'm going to give you a five-pack of mini mites. Greg, are you ready to answer the phone? Or should I wait a second? Oh, he, Greg says, go ahead. He's going to get the guy's name and address. But uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, boy, which one should I ask? Okay, it's a double header. Okay? Double header question. So this counts for two. No, you only get one five-pack of mini mites. So you can lose 
answer one question wrong out of a two-question answer and lose the whole answer? Uh, if you get one out of two right, I'll give it to you. Yeah, okay. okay. But uh, 799-1250 is the phone number. The And and I'm not going to ask the question now because you know what people do? They go on their computer. Oh, yeah. Zip, 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 or on their smartphone, <laughs> and they get it right away. But I'll ask two questions. If you get one out of the two correct, I'll give you that five-pack of mini-mites, all right? And it has to do with Rapalas. And everybody knows Rapalas. They've been around forever, right, John? Yes. How long have you been selling Rapalas? <laughs> How long? <laughs> Since before I was born. <laughs> yeah, you've had a lot of them. Okay, you ready back there, Greg? We're going to take a phone call. Uh, we got somebody on the line calling in now to ask the question or answer the questions. We'll see. No. 414-799-1250. We got a couple minutes left before Greg's update. I mean, just all you got to do is get one of these two answers correct by Rapala. Uh, they're about Rapala, I should say. And uh, they're, they're, they're not that hard. But then again, I'm not going to make it that easy on you, you know, to win a five-pack of mini-mites valued at like six seven dollars something like that and i gotta mail it to you too <laughs> all right we got yeah we got a caller now and greg's just gonna he's gonna get him up on the air real quick here all right we have paul from the south side all right hey good morning paul how you doing oh, very nice how are you tom i'm doing great john's here with me no bushy today uh okay are you up on your rapala knowledge well, I should be, I think. All right. Here's the first question. Other than Finland, where the Rapala's originated, oh. other than Finland, what is the other country that makes Rapala lures? China? Nope. It, believe it or not, it's Ireland. <laughs> it's Ireland. All right. Here's the other. And if you look on the lips, you know, of Rapala's, some say Finland, some say Ireland. <laughs> So, all right. Now here's the second second shot at it, Paul. Ready? Okay. What is Mr. Rapala, the guy who invented him? What's his first name? What's his first name? Oh, I'll say Eric. <laughs> good, good guess. Good guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's Lurie. Oh, okay. Not low. Recommend using those darn mini mites. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye now. <laughs> And uh, Greg's answering this last phone call, and then we're going to go to the update. But uh, I got this coming up next. I got, you know, if you're wondering about, if you're wondering about what seasons are opening this month and what's open now, we're going to get to that in the second hour. All right. What? We have Tom from Sockville. Oh, hey, good morning, Tom from Sockville. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. I was calling about the question. Oh, we're done with that. Oh, gosh. oh yeah, we had a caller, and well, I asked them the two questions. I was, I'm listening to it on. I'm listening to you guys live on the on the computer. Oh, okay. Is there a little bit of a delay? Oh yeah. Oh, there is. Oh, huh? Apparently, quite apparently, because I didn't even get to listen to the question. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, once you hang up, if you keep listening, you'll probably hear it, and you might have known it. So. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, probably. Oh, sorry about that, but thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right, yep, bye. Thanks, guys. All right, okay. Now we're going to Greg with his updates. You're listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with John Lehman, Tommy the True Neubauer, and Greg with your update right now. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.